I'd like to start, if I may, with the story of the Paisley Snail. On the evening of the 26th of August, 1928, Mae Donahue took a train from Glasgow to the town of Paisley, seven miles east of the city, and there at the Well Meadow Cafe, she'd had a Scots ice cream fruit, a mix of ice cream and ginger beer bought for her by a friend. The ginger beer came in a brown, opaque bottle labelled D. Stevenson, Glen Lane, Paisley. She drank some of the ice cream float, but as the remaining ginger beer was poured into her tumbler, a decomposed snail floated to the surface of her glass. Three days later, she was admitted to the Glasgow Royal Infirmary and diagnosed with severe gastroenteritis and shock. The case of Donahue versus Stevenson that followed set a very important legal precedent. Stevenson, the manufacturer of the ginger beer, was held to have a clear duty of care towards May Donahue, even though there was no contract between them and indeed she hadn't even bought the drink. One of the judges, Lord Atkin, described it like this. You must take care to avoid acts or omissions which you can reasonably foresee would be likely to injure your neighbour. Indeed, one wonders, that without a duty of care, how many people would have had to suffer from gastroenteritis before Stevenson eventually went out of business. Now, please hang on to that Paisley Snail story because it's an important principle. Last year, the Hansard Society, a non-partisan charity which seeks to strengthen parliamentary democracy and encourage greater public involvement in politics, published, alongside their annual audit of political engagement, an additional section devoted entirely to politics and the media. Here are a couple of rather depressing observations from that survey. Tabloid newspapers do not appear to advance the political citizenship of their readers, relative even to those who read no newspapers whatsoever. Tabloid-only readers are twice as likely to agree with a negative view of politics than readers of no newspapers. They're not just less politically engaged, they are consuming media that reinforces their negative evaluation of politics, thereby contributing to a fatalistic and cynical attitude to democracy and their own role within it. Little wonder that the report concluded that, in this respect, the press, particularly the tabloids, appear not to be living up to the importance of their role in our democracy. Alright, that was a quick clip kind of getting you guys a little bit of the beginning. This is David Putnam from um, one of the TED Talks and um, the thing that he basically was talking about, does the media have a duty of care? I want to uh, first kind of introduce, this is The Root of All Culture with your host Darnell Welch and um, something that's just been going on um, not just within recent news um, from the Australia bushfires to uh, not bushfires but wildfires um, to the democratic debate and just all the news around today I think what is starting to become I guess a lost art and I feel like they are somewhat synonymous within each other is integrity um, and its purpose in not just you know media but its purpose as our due diligence and citizens in our, in our lives um, before we start I definitely want to give a shout out to obviously Ted talks because <laughs> I'm not sure how we um, legally able to use this clip but I'm gonna use it anyways because I feel like it's gonna make my point <laughs> but um, 
And also give a shout out to uh, Anchor. Um, definitely a free um, podcast app that you can be able to um, listen, stream, and create your own podcast um, without having to um, spend a whole lot. You just press the red button, you get the recording, you get the talking, and you know who knows what um, things can arise from it and stuff and whatnot. So that's kind of what I'm using, and you know, kind of get the kickstart of this morning. So yeah, um, and like I said, before we dive in, sometimes I like to give this segment or this time to kind of briefly speak about um, what it is the root of all culture is about, um, kind of go back um, from the beginning when I started. Actually, we're coming up to our year um, year anniversary um, in March. March 13th was a whole year since we've been doing podcasting and um, as difficult as it may be, we came a long way and I feel like um, at some point as we continue to really understand and learn and grow and do all the research that's needed and understand how podcasting works and things of that nature, um, it was around this time when I kept telling myself like this is, you know, one of the things that I've wanted to do for such a long time. Um, One of the things that I felt was a necessity as far as getting not just any voice out there, but the voice of reason, the voice that can synonymously, I won't say protect, but in in a way where it, uh, not protect, excuse me, um, in a way where it projects the kind of communal outreach to allow people to not just have any voice but to have one voice as a whole and to become you know all all but one so I first started off with the journey um, kind of making it more interpersonal than anything else um, then I realized that the target goal of what I wanted to do wasn't there so then I turned it I tried to make it unique, and I think it was just because of the name change. I'm going to be honest. Uh, the name change was a very uh, difficult part um, to to grasp. Um, but long story short, um, went from the journey, didn't like it. Um, then I went to Minchicado. Um, I know a lot of you guys were um, on that for a while. Um, didn't like that as well. Too difficult to find. Um, and just really didn't hit the core of what I really wanted to do. Um, and so then I found it. Um, the root of all culture and I think um, basically what what this show is and all three even with the name change still has one goal in mind and that is to take personal stories personal reflections personal you know objectification of like what life has done to us in our journeys, um, match them with personal, or not personal, but with trending topics that we, you know, have on going with today. Because I know um, one of the biggest things, especially as we continue to move on, I think um, one reason I actually was just talking to my roommate and my girlfriend was here, and we were just speaking about the media. And I think one of the biggest topics that we tend to have this conversation about is how the way media lack thereof takes the responsibility or the duty to care about the information that they receive and or 
the information that they give. And I think a lot of that, to be quite honest, the the commonality between all that, not just within people, but then within the media and like everybody else. Like even myself, even myself, every time I get on this mic, it all centers around integrity and its purpose and what it is that you are going to set president um, as you get on the mic or as you get on a TV screen or as you, you start to record, like, are you going to keep that integrity to allow you to still be honest about yourself, however, still know what's right is right or what's wrong is wrong? Um, I guess for me, when I was um, writing down in my notes, I had made kind of some things that I had to point out. It was like, I'm not sure people really understand the definition of what integrity is. Um, So for me, integrity is basically, um, excuse me real quick, just trying to look for my notes. But integrity is the quality, and in long, uh, long story short, is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. Um, another way you can put it is the practice of being honest and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical principles and values. Um, a lot of times when we take the opportunity to get on, you know, a platform to allow ourselves, you know, to choose your thoughts and action based on values rather than personal gain. It makes approaching different subjects and different topics entirely different. And with that, it ultimately it ultimately sets the tone for how you want to sort of approach life. And I think one of the the things that I, I really want to take away from today's uh, podcast is and, and what's been going on lately and what has always been going on, what has always been kind of, if you guys never watched the, uh, the Netflix series, um, I can't really name one, but like there were like a series which they have these movies based off the decades. Um, so they had like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then 2000s. Um, and, but the most crucial one that I thought was a turning point for everybody's life was the 90s. Um, and there was the introduction to television broadcasting and, and newscasting and, and how the media's responsibility to civic duty or civic engagement, if you want to call that way, um, allows us a better understanding of how we as citizens should not only conduct ourselves, but to understand what our part is into society. So, and, and I say that only because of the fact that like I said, with the recent issues and the recent news. So, like, for me, for example, um, and I actually think this ties into 
um, some of the topics that I kind of wrote down as far as uh, some issues that I felt kind of strong about. I'm not sure if everybody has seen lately of Delonte West and um, basically, you know, a long story short, I'll just say he went, he's going through a lot of really extreme personal issues. Um, a lot of it has to do with severe mental illness, I think, um, from what's been told by everybody, even one of his um, former teammates, Jameer Nelson. And it was just nuts because we'll get on Twitter, right, and we'll see this and we'll blast him. And then what makes it even worse is that we would try to figure out ways in which we'll tie it into, um, you know, because I remember I saw one meme where um, on top of the caption said, you hate to see it. And then was showing like his salary, what he was making and things of that nature. And then, you know, everybody else was like making other memes or kind of like still other memes and, and, you know, was kind of laughing about it. But I'm like, you know, a lot of things could happen within the time frame of those years. And so, you know, us as people, are we informed citizens enough to understand kind of the 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 landscape of what we're doing when we do things like that? What what what's to be expected, you know, especially in today's era is that we'll look at a clip someone's you know getting publicly embarrassed or somebody's going through a lot of things in their life and then we'll like publicly shame them i'm like you know for me it's like you know if that was you and then people were taking videos of you like would you feel okay with that like would you feel and that's why for me i don't like sometimes i feel i don't don't say i don't like but i always feel kind of iffy when people videotape themselves of like doing good deeds and it's like are you doing it because you actually are committing a good deed or are you doing it just to clout chase and, and clout chasing is a very dangerous thing and I think that also comes into the the tie of integrity um, one of the things that I made sure um, when we as a media are looking at these things is what does it take for us to build an informed society, to build informed citizens. And rather, if we build informed citizens, what does that translate? Does that translate, actually, to be more specific, does having informed citizens translate to democracy? Because like the clip he spoke about, like some of these people don't even, like as far as like the tabloids and like reading the news, like some of the people like in, in what he spoke about didn't even read the news. They just was like, you know, they saw what they saw and they just had a negative, cynical view about it. And it's like, if you took more information and time out of your day to really understand the, the, the purpose of what it is that needed to be done, I don't think you would have taken it that far to not realize who was in the right and who was in the wrong, you know, having the integrity as a citizen to understand giving people their due diligence to represent themselves, represent each other and and represent everybody as a whole. Um, But before we go any further, I'd like to basically take a 
I would say a quick ad break, but I'm actually going to take a quick music break. Um, start to think, I, you know, probably switch some things up um, for a bit, kind of give you um, some songs um, throughout the week, something that you can enjoy yourself as you listen to uh, this podcast, as we go into our like intermission. Um, till then, I'll see you guys um, back in a few. All right, we are back. We are back. We are back. And um, kind of to continue moving forward with the topic at hand, um, uh, just in the last uh, break, we were talking about civic duty, um, the duty to care, and all that centering, excuse me, all that being centered around integrity. So, with that being said, I think one thing that kind of in hindsight, I guess would be more so of the focal point that I want to kind of have the conversation about is how let's put it this way. Um, so in the coming weeks, I think I think a few weeks ago. The uh, NFL was out of phase, obviously, going into the playoffs, um, teams hiring and firing, things of that nature, and it seems that each year, the integrity of the NFL gets worse, and it continues to get worse, and obviously, we can go like a larger picture of this. And that would be how the idea of inclusivity and diversity, not just within the settings of larger corporations, but even last night we had this this conversation of this topic of conversation. And my roommate said that, you know, everybody on the panel is a diverse panel. I was like, I'm going to refute that in my head because... Outside of legitimately Andrew Yang and Elizabeth Warren, the majority of everybody else is white men. And so we can't sit there and allow ourselves to think that this is a diverse group of crowd. And and that's part of the reason why the topic of conversation as far as like politics go in the government is that as long as there are people that don't look like us, that don't act like us, that don't live like us, and by us I mean basically the ethnic groups of people if they don't know what that life is like if they don't know what it's what it's like to feel disenfranchised what it feels like to be in in the sense of oppression um one form or the other if they don't see what that's like or if they don't feel that then they don't necessarily represent us as a people and so on one hand when we had the conversation last night i do agree that we should have the right person um but when we categorize what the right person is what does that look like um one of the things that i talked about here as far as like civic engagement is any individual or group activity oh my goodness I apologize, y'all. My handwriting is extremely terrible. 
But uh, basically, I was like, any individual activity. Ooh, whoa. Addressing. That's that's what that says. <laughs> any group activity addressing issues of public concern. Um, a lot of that. Um, one way, one of the common types of civic engagements is citizens acting alone or together to protect public or make change. Um, all which, like I said before, kind of is in a way synonymous to having informed uh, citizens, which builds, which in in hindsight should build democracy. But um, not just that, it overall with those two sentences, those two the commonality of civic engagement and how people acting alone and together to protect um, the public interest of the people or make change um, all should basically develop kind of the best version of representing the people but when we look at such corporations and, and businesses like the NFL it doesn't necessarily show that um so I'll kind of read um, commentary from uh, Jason Reed just a little bit um, to kind of gloss over, kind of give you guys more of a synopsis of what it, it's uh, going on. So um, in Kansas City, Missouri, obviously, um, well, not obviously, but across the NFL, signs should be posted at team headquarters that read, coaches of color will rarely receive serious consideration for head coaching positions. Although such notice would get merely... Um, would merely be stating the obvious, at least minority coaches would officially know where they stand. Some are trying to maintain hope that owners will someday change their wrong-headed thinking and judge them on the content of their coaching rather than the color of their skin. Most, however, wouldn't hold, uh, won't hold their breath after only one coach of color filled vacancy for the third time in as many hiring cycles. The message is clear: for the NFL tops job, for the NFL's top jobs, white is right. Need more proof? Look no further than the case of Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Benenemy. If I said that right, I apologize, Mr. Eric, if I mispronounced that. But, um, but yes. So on Sunday, Benenemy played a major role in the Chiefs reaching the AFC Championship for the second time in his two seasons as a head um, in his two seasons as a head coach, Andy Reid's top lieutenant on offense. Last season, Kansas City led the league in both total yards and points scored. This year, or this season, the Chiefs topped the AFC in passing yards and finished second in the conference in scoring. Superstar third-year quarterback Patrick Mahomes, the Associated 2000, uh, 2018 Associated Press for AP Press, uh, excuse me, AP NFL MVP, has praised Vanamy for aiding in his development and the two coaches who previously held the Chiefs' offensive coordinator position under Reed. Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, respectively, quickly moving on to become head coaches. Yet, for the second time in two hiring cycles, Bannemi was shut out while white coaches with much lighter resume, the New York Giants head coach Joe Judge, immediately comes to mind, continued to climb the uh, ladder. I'm a big time partial here because I know I'm with him every day, so I know how good he is, Reed said on Sunday regarding Bannemi. We're all pulling for him, players, coaches, because we understand his value. I said before, somebody's lost our game if he's still here. But I know he'd be a great head coach. I know that. Um, so I'll kind of put that in the description for you guys to kind of read as far as like the content goes, um, as well as the clip that I played earlier. But just within that, you know, a lot of just within that 
that excerpt, um, there's an issue with integrity. Um, especially as the NFL, they created the Rooney Rule back in uh, roughly, I want to say, the early 60s, um, which it basically forced... I won't say force, but it basically gave opportunity because I hate, I, I, I didn't want to like say that because that was a terrible choice of words. But it basically gave opportunities for black coaches, black man, uh, owners, well, not owners, but black uh, GMs, um, VPs, you know, these higher positions as well as coaching positions. It, it allowed op, uh, organizations to at least, you have to interview a minority. They, they could be Native American, Hispanic, women. It doesn't matter. It, as long as you at least gave the interview, then it should happen. But then when you look at such coaches like Eric Bieniemy and what he has done for the Kansas City Chiefs in that offense, a lot of the times, first and foremost, the credit goes towards you know Andy Reid, which is kind of wrong in the say because, I mean, he's part of of it because obviously he's the head coach but you know for somebody to also run an entire offense and to put up that much points and put them that's you know that's much that much yards and not get considered for a head coaching position is blasphemous and shout out or big ups to Andy Reid for like you know having the integrity to know like yo like he should have been got a head coaching job like he he should have one because the fact of the matter is he's literally the reason why we're even in the position to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm not like a Kansas City Chiefs fan, um, nor I'm a 49ers fan. If you want my quick pick on it, the Chiefs is going to run the 49ers out the water. Um, yeah, that's just me because I just feel like there's a different type of speed. There's 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 speed and then there's KC speed. And whatever they're doing down in Kansas City, Missouri, um, as far as the Chiefs go, just the Chiefs, um, they just got everybody there is like super fast. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but I guess the kind of, I want to say in hindsight, wrap up the topic per se. Um, well, not just a topic, but just the conversation in general. Um, it's just the fact that the matter is, at what point do we allow and I really like such media outlets as the undefeated because it's basically a a a news source that's just more than just um tackling sports or like such such um if you watch ESPN there's a segment within the hour called outside the lines and there's a clip actually um if I can't remember uh there was a young woman who or the, there's a woman excuse me there's a woman that on there that speaks about this and when you have such outlets not ESPN in general because ESPN they done fired all their good um all the good minority people from Jamel Hill to like they fired all the good people like all the people that really made a difference um not to say that the other people haven't but that's neither here nor there but such outlets like the undefeated takes the responsibility within themselves as a as a representation of the media and speaks about these issues and like talks about this when you have people like Joe Budden that talks about this when you have people well obviously on his podcast 
most people would disagree, but if you really sit down and listen to the words he said, he actually makes a point. Um, but when you have these outlets and you have these 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 mediums speaking um, in different ways towards the media, um, in 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 hindsight of trying to educate and inform people, you're essentially doing the very thing that we should have been doing since the beginning of time, which is building an informed society, building a society that allows people to understand the fairness and the 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 equity. Because sometimes when we say equality, that means you know you're giving one leg up to you know towards one view. I mean, obviously we want equality, but also equity would be kind of the same thing because that means everybody is on equal footing. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not gonna really get into that or dive into that. But it should be it should be noted that at some point. Not just the media, but us as people need to do a better job at understanding what it is that we're digesting and what it is that we're giving out. Um, I know there was one meme that talked about this and it was funny because but it was true. And it said back in the 90s, they were talking about, "Ooh, we can't wait till we get the Internet so we can have like all the knowledge and the source to the world. Well, here we are. We have the internet, and seems like we're not getting any better, <laughs> and stuff and whatnot. And it's funny because, you know, as I was growing up, that used to be a really huge thing. Like that was a big thing. Like, um, like the internet was gonna be the focal point of like searching everything and anything. You could do whatever you want. You can find whatever you want. Like it was supposed to be like the end game of like researching knowledge. And now we're in 2020 and it's like some of the most basic things that you would think of, people still lack, a better way you can put it, what you, what, what's supposed to be so common is not common anymore. And that's kind of the, the sad reality of today's society and it is affecting the way we are approaching not just people but um, but even our own set of principles and values and ethically speaking it is shaping the way we look at things based off of again surrounding everything integrity that's all this whole conversation that's all it's about it's all about integrity and what it's supposed to be as far as a representation to to the people like in representation of who everybody should be or who the people are but with that being said um it's a wrap for today's show um basically i hope you guys have a good morning um it's tuesday um kind of late on the MLK, but happy MLK since this, uh, since it was this week yesterday. Um, and you guys, I guess I can get, I leave you with this. When you guys go out there and you, you know, live your life and you do the things that you do, make sure 
that you continue to inform yourself about the things that are going on in today's world. Um, make sure you understand, you know, the channels that you follow, some of the topics that you hear, and understand the stories and, and get a full synopsis of what's important about these issues. But therefore, I'll leave you guys. Um, have a good morning. Have a good day. Um, don't drive too crazy. Stay safe in traffic because, you know, it gets wild out here because it's basically like on um, that morning rush hour. And until next time, I'll see you guys next week, Tuesday, around this time. Peace.